Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is your favorite podcaster, Mark Atreya, with your favorite podcast, Making a Cut. Thanks again for your listens. Thanks again for tuning in. As always, you know how I started off. I'm going to let you know where you can find me. You can go directly to my Facebook, and the link is going to be there. You can click it there and listen to me there. You also can go to anywhere that you get your podcast, especially at Spotify. They're the one that me. You can click there. And you can follow me and I'll let you know when my next episodes are up. Or you can go directly to the Anchor app or anchor.fm. Those are the major three, but you can go to iTunes or really anywhere else and find me. And I appreciate the follows. I appreciate the listens and the shares. Hey, if you know somebody else who loves sports and are looking for something that's different than what's on mainstream media all the time, then, hey, send them my podcast, send them the link, tell them how to go search me out, and they can listen as well. Hey, I have... A really funny episode today. Funny to me. It may not be funny to you. I'll let you in on the inside joke. But as you can see the title there, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's really, really the soap opera that is college football and especially SEC football. But before I jump off into that, I did want to touch a little bit on on college baseball, especially uh, SEC baseball. I hadn't talked about it much here recently this season. I've been you know, coaching ball myself, so I hadn't watched as much as I wanted to. But I've kept up with it. Uh, as much as I can and this past weekend man yesterday I was headed to the gym and I ended up sitting in my car and listening the whole time LSU baseball team man and even before I say that uh last week last weekend they played against Ole Miss and got swept by Ole Miss and Ole Miss was with about closer to the bottom of the barrel of the SEC West uh, but they're also the team uh, that was the number one team in the nation at the beginning of the season and it just fell off and what happened was their pitching really let them down uh, and then they started bringing in pitchers that they were using for setup guys, for closers and whatnot, and it really turned it around. Then they finally started playing like the number one team in the nation, like they were at the beginning of the season, and it helped them out tremendously. And in that series against LSU, uh, that was a must-win sweep for them. They had to be able to get that to keep any postseason al- uh, uh, hopes alive, and they did what they needed to do. I didn't get to watch pay much attention to what they were doing this weekend because I was so enamored by LSU baseball and my son's baseball team playing this weekend. Uh, so I didn't get to catch off of that. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't tell you what, what's happening with Ole Miss right now, uh, but I could tell you what they needed to do last week and they did it in sweeping LSU. Tennessee is a big surprise. I believe they're still ranked number one in the nation. This team is legit. They're fun to watch if you get a chance to. Uh, they, well, unless you're an elitist or, or a traditionalist, uh, you know, you don't like how it's it's kind of like Bryce Harper ball. If you don't like Bryce Harper ball where they try to have fun and, you know, bat, uh, bat flips and stuff like that, then you may not like it. But they are a team. And it, listen, they have a guy that's clocked throwing the ball 104 miles per hour. That's huge. That's amazing. That's unheard of. And so they're, they're going to be the favorites going to the SEC tournament. Uh, not only that, they, they may be the favorites to win it all unless they just stumble it over themselves. There's... They're one of those teams that can't be beat by anybody but themselves, uh, and so that I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee takes it all. Takes it all, uh, and then of course, you know the way baseball is, man. I wouldn't be surprised if if they falter as well because they are so highly ranked and and they hadn't really had much adversity because of where they played. So back to the LSU uh, Fighting Tigers baseball team. So I told you they got swept. And of course, you in case you weren't paying attention, watching it yourself, they got swept by Ole Miss. And it came back, and for the first time ever, get to sweep over Vandy in 
Nashville, which was huge. First time ever that they've ever swept them in Nashville. That's huge. Uh, and it's the first win, winning series in Nashville since 2005, I believe it was. Uh, but it was just outrageous. Uh, you know, they, they jumped all over them the first two games. And, and it, they, I mean, the bats were just alive. They're just slapping the ball over the place, all over the fence. And, uh, you know, the second game, too, Dylan Cruz hits it before they even get to start announcing the first part of the game. The first pitch is pitched to him, and he hits one right over, over the fence and starts it off and sets the tempo right off the bat. And so that was big. But then yesterday, game three, they're playing in that game, and they're kind of struggling. And, and I remember texting my brother yesterday saying, man, we really need to sweep this series. Uh, it's going to help us a lot, especially if we want to host. Because uh, we're as of right now, we're definitely not guaranteed to be able to host the regional, much less the super regional. Uh, and so we definitely needed to sweep that. Uh, and then so I, I got into the car, went to go head to the gym. And uh, I think it was the seventh inning. LSU's down 7-9. And, and while I'm driving there, they start playing. And I ended up sitting in my car, listening to the rest of the game, and not getting much of a workout because of it. But it was, it was, it, this is how outrageous it was. Seventh inning, they're down 7 9, and then they come back and win 21 to 10. Talking about unreal baseball. That's, I mean, that's a football score 21 to 10. I mean, tw yeah, 21 to 10. So, I mean, it's outrageous. So, just want to give big praise for them, big props to them, because that was huge, man. And they're, they become fun to watch. They become the team uh, that, Everybody hoped they would be, they would be, and, and you're hoping they turn it around and they can carry on that momentum through the SEC tournament. Maybe win it, maybe come the second, get a get a hosting seed to where they can host a regional, and that would be huge. That would be huge. They really need that. Like I said, I did want to touch on college baseball, especially the SEC, because I didn't talk about anybody else except for the SEC. You know that, but it's all good. So, but back to the headliner there, Jimbo versus Nikki. Man, man, oh, man, oh, man. I'm sure even if you're not a college football fan or college, anybody watches college football, you heard about this. Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher going back and forth at it, especially Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, listen, I'm trying not to laugh hysterically here because I did while I, was, while I was listening to and watching and reading the comments from uh, Jimbo Fisher. Absolutely hilarious. Because y'all know how much of a clown I've already said that he is. How much of a... He's just like straight up lying through his face. You know, I was teaching my son something about how society has, has become uh, recently, in the recent years. Uh, it's the way, And then Jimbo is... And it, honestly, it just reminds me a lot about Jimbo and his situation here. Uh, because people will have become to this point to where they will do something to you. Just for instance, I use the analogy to my son. Somebody will slap you in the face. Like, stand in front of you, slap you in the face, and then say it wasn't them, and say it was somebody else. Or, just say that they didn't do it at all. And, we've gotten so, I don't know, politically correct, brainwashed, whatever you want to call it, that we're, some people are just like, yeah, you're absolutely right, you didn't slap me. He slapped me, or nobody slapped me at all. It was a figment of my imagination. It's the same thing with Jimbo Fisher, like... This is unreal to me that Jimbo still comes back out on his high horse, screaming that they had, they didn't pay these players. Oh, it, I, I want to just laugh so hard. I'm so happy that LSU didn't get him as a head coach again. I, I never wanted him as a head coach. Y'all heard me say it plenty of times before. I never, ever wanted him to be the head coach of LSU. Just, it just, I go down, the, listen, what he won at Florida State, y'all heard me say it before. You beat 
a team in Auburn who had a cornerback playing quarterback. Yes, they made it to the national title, but they needed miracles all season to be able to do it. That's not taken away from Auburn. I'm not trying to take away from Auburn from that year, but look at the team, and they still almost lost the game to that team, right? So follow with me. And and then they just kind of started falling off the map after that, right? What has he done at Texas A&M? Nothing, nada. Had one good season, 11 and one, uh, and and didn't wasn't even that good last season. Last season, what with four losses, five losses, and their one big lo- win was against Bama. Uh, so let me give you some backtrack for the youngsters. Youngsters here who don't understand this feud between Jimbo and Nick Saban. That's that's Nicky, by the way. If y'all didn't know who that was, little Nicky is what we call him in Louisiana. Some people do, I don't, but I, I'm just going with other people say little Nicky. Uh, Jimbo was actually on the staff underneath. He was offensive coordinator for Nick Saban at LSU. When Nick Saban left and went to the NFL, Jimbo stayed at LSU and was underneath Les Miles. And then a little while later, he goes and basically does a transfer because he goes to Florida State to be the head coach in waiting by taking on the offensive coordinator position there. And then, of course, he goes on to be the head coach, wins the national championship of, of the aforementioned what I just spoke about with with Auburn. So you have a little bit of that storyline, but there are some deeper, thicker things that happened there uh, when he was underneath the, the tutorship of Nick Saban. Now, he bumped heads with everybody. I'm sorry, not everybody. He bumped heads with Saban all the time. All the other coaches that were on the coaching staff, uh, Muschamp, Kirby Smart, none of those guys really bumped heads with, with Saban. But, and you're also talking about arguably the greatest head coach in college football history. Uh, and so he knows a thing or two, right? So this is a guy that wanted to go toe-to-toe with Saban underneath his, underneath his you know, his bosshood. Let's call it bosshood. Under his supervision, right? Uh, he's the head coach. Jimbo's the, the offensive coordinator. And uh, some of the gripes were was that Jimbo Fisher wanted to have more uh, creative offensive plays while they while they were here at LSU. And some people were saying that, of course, uh, Jimbo was an innovative offensive mind. Now let me stop right there before I go on any further. Uh, no, before I even get to that part, listen, Saban has won national championships without Jimbo Fisher. Many without, actually all of them except for one, without Jimbo Fisher. So the innovative offensive mind that Jimbo Fisher supposedly is didn't hinder Saban whatsoever, right? Did, just didn't. Now, I'm not taking up for Saban in this whole thing. I'll get to that in a moment. But here's the other thing about Jimbo Fisher. If you watched him when they were at Florida State, if you watched him since he's been at Texas A&M, show me the innovative offenses that he's been out there that he had to go and bump heads with Nick Saban with. There's nothing much different than when the, the offense that he ran underneath Saban at LSU. It's not. It's not. Go watch Texas A&M film right now if you want to. You, listen, it's this simple. You can go to YouTube and watch every single snap of the whole season, of every season when he was there. You can go watch the same thing from when he was there at Florida State. It's the same thing. And if you want to go back, you can get a little bit from uh, when, when he was here at, at LSU as offensive coordinator. There's not this big, huge, innovative mind that is there. There's no uh, Lane Kiffin. There's no uh, Chip uh, up there at Oregon. Now I can't think of his name. Chip Kelly. Good grief. I mean, there's not this super innovative mind. So I don't understand where they got that from. But so you have this guy who's arguing with who now is going to be 
uh, arguably the greatest head coach in college football history. Uh, and 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 now he's 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 got like this chip on his shoulder. Every chance he gets, he wants to take a shot at Bama. Now again, follow with me. There are a lot of people in Louisiana that absolutely hate Saban because he went to Bama after you know after he went to the NFL after saying he wasn't going to go there and think that he should be the coach at LSU. Yes, all of us would rather have Saban than what we've gone through, even though we've had some success without him, right? But at the same time, some people just can't let that go, so they hate him and they hate Bama because of it. I respect him. I respect Bama. Y'all know my hatred is for Florida. <laughs> it's 100% with a little bit of Ohio State up in there too. So there, there's this mindset that just keeps them tied up on that. And so they, they, you're going to think that I'm being an apologist for Alabama and Nick Saban. I'm absolutely not. I'll get to that point again in a minute, like I said I was going to. But this whole thing with Jimbo Fisher, where he's, his only attack is on Saban in Alabama since he's been at A&M. All right, because let's be let's be honest, Alabama is the high water mark. Even though Georgia won the national title this past year, uh, and even though uh, Bama the year before and then LSU before, Alabama is still the high water mark. And so you got to go after them, right? And so he tries to go with it with the the verbal war attack, verbal attacks here, and uh, as if it talking trash is going to help him out in any sort of way, because it really hasn't. I'll, I'll be it. They have beat Bama once or twice since he's been, no, just once, since this past year. He's the first ever uh, assistant to ever beat him. But you can already know that the way Saban is, he already uses that as fuel. Like, all right, all right, all right, now you gave me something else to come out and destroy you with, right? And so now you have this back and forth of Saban coming out and saying, and, 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 and of course, if you were living under a rock, let me go ahead and tell you, Saban came out and was talking about the new transfer portal situation the state of college football because the transfer transfer portal in the nil name image and likeness where the kids are getting paid let me backtrack this for you for a moment the nil initially before the ncaa uh cowered away because of their uh the the supreme court because of the courts going against them and not uh voting with them uh have cowered away just so that they could try to prove a point and it's become the Wild Wild West. What the NIL was supposed to be was that these kids were supposed to be able to get paid off their name, image, and likeness. What's that mean? All right. So if you're selling jerseys in a store and it has that, <clears throat> it has that 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 kid's jersey number, whether it's 18, seven, whatever it may be, two, whatever it may be. Uh, if you're selling it, they get a portion of that because they're who's playing there, right? Or if you have a video game, uh, NCAA football, and you have those players, their likeness, their image. Well, they get paid off of it. They should get paid off of it. You're using their name, image, and likeness. So there's there's different ways. And, of course, uh, I I was one of the ones, one of the proponents. It's like, hey, if you do this right, it's absolutely needed. These kids need to be getting marketed. Not only that, the other side of it, if kids are making money on, on the side already or have an opportunity to make money on the side already, you don't penalize them. So if YouTube or Instagram is paying these kids for doing something that is not uh, contributing uh, not taking away from college football or breaking any of the rules, seriously breaking rules, then you shouldn't penalize them. If a kid is going to go to the Olympics and run track and get paid for it or do the X Games and get paid for it, they're not penalized and and disqualified from playing in their college uh, athletics as well. That's the way that it was before. And so that was the reason why NIL was supposed to come out. So back to what we were talking about. Saban come out and said, hey, the state of it, it's the Wild Wild West. It's a mess. 
Uh, there needs to be some kind of governing rules over it. And then, of course, it, it, he gave examples of what was happening. Deion Sanders, who's part owner of Barstool Sports, giving contracts out to kids for over a million dollars. Yes, this is all documented, even though Dion comes out and tries to say it's not. Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M paying all these kids for the recruits. It's all documented. It's all, They can't hide these facts. It's already been documented and reported, shown, not fake news, true news. The only fake news is when he comes out and says it's not true. Going back to the story where I was telling my son, slapping somebody in the face and saying it wasn't you, right? So it's laughable. So every time I see him up there, I'm laughing my butt off. After I'm like, are you really serious right now again? But I'm laughing because I'm like, this is just a joke. This is just a show. And I'll get to that in just a minute too. But I did want to break something down for you too about how these contracts work because one of the kids, one of the kids that got the big contract from Jacksonville, Jacksonville State, Jackson State, one of the two, whichever one Deion Sanders is at. I, I'm sorry, I'm not making trying to take shots at him. It's just you know all these schools. That sometimes you're gonna forget which one it is exactly. Uh, that was getting a million dollars. All these things were set up with sneaky contracts. All of them are set up with sneaky contracts. So when the kid comes out and goes, makes a tweet about saying, I got a million dollars, but my mom's still living in a three bedroom, uh, three bedroom house with uh, five kids. Yeah, because it was a sneaky contract. You're not walking around with a million dollars in your account right now. These are kind of set up almost like trust funds, but also co contracts where you don't get the money unless you follow through on your contract. Like for instance, the ones at Texas A&M, even though Jimbo is going to try to lie over and over and it's not there, these contracts are set up to where if you transfer, you forfeit your contract. So it's these sneaky things. So if a kid, and the reason why they do that, and you have to give them credit for it because uh, on the contract part of it, is because you give the kid the money, what happens, they're gonna take the money and they're gonna go play somewhere else. You think a kid's not going to take the money from Jack, from Dion over there and then go end up playing at a bigger school? You're absolutely right he will, unless you have that contract there that doesn't allow him to get the money until he fulfills his contract. So that's exactly what's happening. So for them to sideways lie out of their face, straight bold-faced lie, let's be honest, that they're not paying the kids, well, they themselves are not paying the kids but they know that their universities are, or they have set them up for the NILs, like Dion did, who is part owner of Barstool Sports, who is helping getting him his contract and his NIL with Barstool Sports. So what happens is you have all these guys, these boosters, and listen, NCAA is cracking down. Finally, they're coming out of the woodwork after they prove their point, right? And it's gonna be retroactive as well. Guess what, Jimbo? Guess what, Jimbo? It's retroactive. <laughs> so all of your lies are going to come out to light anyway, and you're going to get you're going to get hit. So it, NCAA has come out and said, "All right, no, 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 no. We're going to make sure that this goes the right way." So if the boosters was getting in there just saying buying players, so to speak, let's just use that use that term. Then we're going to make sure that you're going to be penalized for it going back because they're just not stepping in, right? They're just not stepping in, but they're saying we're going to go back until when the rule came in and the NIL rule came in. If you started doing it then, guess what? You're in trouble. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to laugh at Jimbo. Get, uh, listen, normally I don't like situations like that. You know me. I've heard it say, say it before uh, with the Hugh Freeze situation. I knew long before when Hugh Freeze had that top-ranked uh, uh, recruiting class, I knew right off the bat, paid players. Duh. Absolutely. How else are you going to get guys old Miss for football? They're not the powerhouse that they were in the 50s. They're, they're not in the 1950s. They're not. 
So you're not getting these recruits there. They're going to go to Bama. They're going to go to USC. They're going to go to Ohio State. And a couple of them are going to go to A&M or Georgia or Florida. That's just the way it is. So you're not going to get them. So it's, it's obvious that they're that these two especially are lying. See, what Jimbo should have done is just took his lumps and walked with it. You understand what I'm saying? If he wouldn't have come out and been a crybaby the first time somebody brought up that they were, that they were, let's be honest, it's still cheating, the way that they were doing, uh, then he would have been fine. And if he would have shut up this time, although it was a direct, quote-unquote, air quotes there, slightly lowercase air quotes there, Saban attacking him, uh, then he, and if he would just shut his mouth, he'd have been fine. But now, it's a big ordeal. It's a soap opera. But let me bounce on that for a second. So, SEC Media Days, let me say this. SEC, SEC Media Days are going to be lit. They're going to be excited. You might see those two throw, throw hands. Yeah, right. You're not going to see that. But what you did see was the uh, SEC Commissioner, Greg Stanky. Yes, I said it that way, and I don't care. He's a slime ball, too. Um, come out and quote-unquote, reprimand those two for it. But let's be honest. We live in a click and view era, which means clicks and views are going to get you more money, more air more airtime, more talking, more clicks, more money. That's the way that it is. And listen, the SEC is the powerhouse in money right now. They absolutely are. But that doesn't mean they're going to slow down from getting money. So this is all, this is all publicity even though it's quote-unquote negative publicity, this reprima- reformation from Greg Stanky coming out is is fake. It's bogus. Because you want that. Because what does it do? It gives people, more people, wanting to watch, pay attention, especially when SEC Media Days come out. Because if you have all this drama, if you have an opportunity for Jerry Springer, if you have an opportunity for MTV Celebrity Deathmatch, then you're going to have viewers there. Right? It's just the way that it is. It's viewership, the viewership error, click and views. That's exactly what it is. And so that was that was bogus. This was that part of it was like, oh, I, f- I found an opportunity for us to cash in on some more money. They're going to do it, right? So let me say this too. Absolutely, I'm not taking up for Saban or Alabama. Okay, listen. There's been plenty of times where people, just like every other college, we know people have gotten paid whether they recruited them from your own t- your hometown and uh, they got paid and went to Alabama. Or they got paid and they went to LSU. Or they got paid and they went went to Georgia, to Florida. We this is nothing new, man. This has been part of college football since probably the 50s, probably before then. Who knows? But it's been part of football, right? So I'm and at one point it was considered cheating. And if you find a way to find loopholes like A&M has and Jackson uh, and Deion Sanders has, uh, then. Then you can you, you can see that there, it's kind of like Bill Belichick was. I mean, it's not technically cheating. Well, it's fixing to be. It's fixing to be a rule on it retro for y'all. But I love it. I absolutely love it. But uh, I do understand Saban's gripe on there. Not so much for the part of, hey, uh, it's going to affect them. Other players going to go other places because of the money. Not so much that. He he's he stating the problem as well, and he was just pointing out those two who have, who were out in the out in the headlines documented for doing this that way right but for this whole situation and and the way that college football is right now in the last two seasons it's unreal especially this past off season with all the recruits coming in uh and with the money 
going all over the place. I mean, in the time of a recession and all this stuff, I have no idea where all this money's coming from. Uh, obviously, it's not from the middle class. For, that's for darn sure because uh, I barely have any money to do anything, even get gas, right? But I will say this. Probably my favorite part was when Steve Spurrier spoke up. And it was absolutely hilarious. It made me laugh even more. The old ball coach. Now, you know, this is one of those ones where, uh, you know, I hate Florida. You know I hate Florida. So when he was the head coach of Florida, couldn't stand him, couldn't stand him. But now if you go back, I respected him because, you know, he's a great ball coach. He really was. What he did at South Carolina was absolutely amazing as well. You know, nobody's been able to do that since or before. So anyway, I, I respect him. But it was absolutely hilarious to me because he come out, the old ball coach, and said, well, did Saban say anything that wasn't true? Because <laughs> he just he just blasted uh, Jimbo Fisher again. And I loved it because it's like Jimbo is making this big, um, I don't even know what it is, uh, like CNN News, big blow-up press conference. That <laughs> just makes no sense. And we're like, dude, you're lying. You're absolutely lying. And you're not even saying anything. You're just griping because you can't, you don't like Saban. That's all you're doing. You're just going up there saying you don't like saving. That's really it. So anyway, Steve Spurrier, that cracked me up as much as well. as almost as much as uh, Jimbo up there making a fool out of himself. Uh, but it was it was absolutely hilarious. I will say this. That game is set up to be, this is another thing about clicks and views. Uh, that game, Texas A&M and Alabama in Tuscaloosa, I think it's October 8th. October 8th, November 8th, one of those two. I'll, I'll go back and check and maybe correct it next time. It's going to be a lot of fun. But not only that, it's going to have a lot more views on it. It's going to be primetime TV. Whether it's going to be the primetime CBS game, the CBS game that's actually played at night, or they're going to put it on ESPN and be the primetime, or, or whatever it may be, it's going to be the primetime game because of this, because of this buildup. You have an opportunity to build something up. Even if A&M falls flat on their face, there's going to be this primetime. I mean, they don't want a game until then. There's still going to be a primetime game because of all this buildup, all this animosity between one another. And SEC Media Days have the opportunity to be lit. I wouldn't be surprised because you got all this buildup, all this animosity between the two. They're going to separate Jimbo and little Nikki from being there on the same days. And then even if they are on the same days, they're going to be so cordial that there's not going to be any anything. It's just going to be like, you know, just boring. Uh, but it has an opportunity to be able to get people to want to watch again, right? You know, this, I, I can't wait for that. I can't, anyway, I, I love it all. I, I think it's hilarious. So I, I, I can't wait for the MTV Celebrity Deathmatch. I wish we'd bring that back just just for this so you could do little Nikki and uh, <laughs> Jimbo fighting it out to the death and have Steve Spurrier come in there and do something like they used to do on MTV Celebrity Deathmatch. And if you, those of you who don't know what it is, it's... Uh, it was clay figures that they used to have do these death matches. Absolutely hilarious and stupid at the same time. Ridiculous as well. But that's exactly what this reminded me of. I almost felt like, let's be honest, I almost felt like I should have started this episode with like the Young and the Restless theme song because it's become a soap opera and I'm loving it. This is men's soap opera. Like some, some men, their soap opera, like my mom all. Not that she's a man, but my mama's soap opera is not regular soap operas. It's WWE or any wrestling. She loves that stuff. And there was a point in my life where I did too. But my soap opera and a lot of men's soap opera is football or sports, like, like college football. This is this is interesting. I could I could love this all day long, man. This is great stuff. So anyway, I hope you're loving it as much as I am. I hope you enjoy this episode as well. Thank you for the listens. Check out my next episode that's going to be coming out. 
You never know what it's going to be about. But I'll see you next time. This is Mark Trayer with Making a Cut.